0: And uh, I want to read some scripture. Reading from Peterson's translation of the New Testament. First chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth And when she does, you Joseph will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. And then I turn to the 17th chapter of the book of Acts in the sixth verse and we read these words. These that have turned the world upside down have come here also. What possible correlation or relationship could there be between the message of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem to a group of disciples who were later, many years later, out preaching the gospel and were being opposed and threatened and persecuted? And the words I just quoted were words of accusation. These that have turned the world upside down have come here also. Right, that's exactly right. For God has come to turn the world upside down. That's exactly what he did at Bethlehem. The upside of heaven came to the downside of earth so that our lives could be turned over and being turned over have the gravity of grace pull all of the trivial, the inconsequential, the clutter out of our lives and we be sons of God, liberated children of God forever. He came to turn everything upside down. Holford Luckock, marvelous Christian teacher, leader, preacher, writer, tells a story about a woman shortly before Christmas coming out of a mall looking like an animated Christmas tree, packages dripping from every limb. At the door, she bumps into the door and drops all of the packages all over the floor. And she steps back and says, oh, I hate Christmas. It turns everything upside down. She's right. Christmas turns everything upside down. Babies turn everything upside down. Any orthodox baby does not have a passion, primary passion for food, but for rearrangement. Babies rearrange everything in a family. They rearrange the order of importance They rearrange the furniture. They rearrange our sleeping habits. They rearrange our eating habits. They rearrange our vacation. They don't say a word. They just rearrange everything. I'm convinced that BC means before child, AD means after dislocation. (laughs) Heard about a man who was talking to his friend and his friend asked him how the new baby was. And he said, well, the baby's fine a baby's home with us and uh, I've paid the obstetrician and I've paid the hospital. He said, as a matter of fact, I believe that baby is the only thing in my home that I own. (laughs) And it leaks. (laughs) So it's gonna turn your life every way upside down. The central truth of Christmas is this. Christ came to turn everything upside down. First of all, he came to turn upside down our ideas of God. He came to turn upside down our ideas of God. He wanted us to see God in a new way. He wanted us to realize that God wasn't up, but he was down and out and in. Mankind always thought God lived on some Mount Olympus, behind some thunderhead, in some celestial room. No, for the first time in the history of man, men had to look down to see God. Who would have thought that God coming into the world would come in such a way? Why did he do it? Because he wanted us to know how accessible he was and is. That he was not obscure, that he was not detached, that he was not a mere spectator As in Sartorus Sartus just looking over all the calamities on the earth, unconcerned and unmoved. No. From the very beginning, he has been involved with us. And he came so that us, all of us, could get to him. Oh, if he'd been born in Caesar's palace, we couldn't have gotten admission. If he'd been born in the governor's mansion, in Jerusalem, we'd have had to have known somebody. We'd have had to have some pull. doesn't take any pull to get in a manger. You don't have to know somebody to get into a stable. The purest thing that ever touched the earth was born in the filthiest spot you could find to just show how much he came to for us. Omnipotence wrapped up in swaddling clothes the child of a day but the monarch of eternity the one from whose hands dripped the planets were now too weak to hold anything the feet that trod the everlasting hills were too little and too weak to walk God came in a baby to rearrange our lives oh they they were looking for a king to slay their enemies and raise them high and thou camest a little baby thing to make a woman cry. The child of a day, but the monarch of eternity in a manger. That's what God is like. And it is so fascinating to see the people that responded to this revelation. Unlikely place, unlikely people showed up. A lot of the religious leaders of the day ignored it. Oh, there were some along the way that were touched and responded. But generally it was kind of a downside, folks. I mean, like people who have to work all night out in the fields, like shepherds. That's not one of your prime occupations. They got the message and responded to it some men in a distant country, non-Jews, outsiders, got the message. And they traveled trackless miles across the deserts to get to the manger. And were not so proud, not so intelligent, not so rich that they wouldn't bow on their purple robes In a filthy manger to worship a baby. Outsiders. A lot of the religious leaders in Jerusalem merely instructed the wise men how to get to Bethlehem, but they didn't bother to take the trip. But when Jesus was circumcised at eight years, eight days of age, when he was eight days old, he was circumcised, typical custom. And then after the period of purification, they took him to the temple to make the sacrifice. And when they went in there, there were two elderly people there. These were not religious leaders. This was not the high priest. These were praying people. A man by the name of Simeon and a woman by the name of Anna. They frequented the temple. They were sensitive to the things of the Spirit. And listened to what Simeon says. When they brought the child in, The Holy Spirit had shown him he would see the Messiah before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child, Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law. Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. He'd been praying for the Messiah. And the Messiah showed up as a little child of questionable birth whose earthly father was a carpenter who were refugees from Nazareth but he recognized life and he'll give us the same recognition he'll open our eyes as surely as he opened Simeon's and he'll touch our hearts as surely as he touched his and hear him say as he talks to God God you can now release your servant Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes I've seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see a God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations. Hear that? A God revealing light to all people, anybody and everybody and of glory for your people Israel. Simeon, Anna and then in his ministry the Simon Peters of the world the Matthew tax collectors of the world the Mary Magdalens of the world scarred by life the hungry the lonely the fearful the lost found in him life God came to us The distinguishing feature of Christianity among all the religions of the world is right at this point. Only in Christianity do you have a seeking God. In all the religions of the world, there are some similarities. But in all the religions of the world, you have God trying to find, man trying to find God. Man trying to figure out what God is like. Man trying to find the combination to get into God's presence. Is it a certain word? Mm. Is it a certain building? is Is it a certain creed? To leave absolutely no possibility for doubt, God came in person, incarnate, in human flesh, fully God and fully man, to reveal God. He sought us The initiative is with God and still is through His Holy Spirit working in this room right now. Not because I preach, but because of what I preach. Not because of who I am, but because of who and what He is. A keeper of promises that when His word, however falteringly it may be proclaimed, His Spirit verifies it. And any feeling you have in your mind and in your heart is the work of the Spirit of God. It's not Buckner. It's not this place. These wonderful people are marvelous praying people, but what's happening is the Spirit of God at work in our hearts. As Surely the Spirit of God was at work in the heart of Simeon and Anna and the shepherds and the wise men and the many, many others who followed him and the millions who have followed him now across these centuries. He turned the world upside down by turning upside down our idea of what God is like. He turned upside down our idea of what man is like. You are of more value to God than the entire material universe. Let that sink in. You are of more value to God than the entire material universe. He created you. And he desires to recreate us because he loves us we are the creation of his hands and his heart and if you ever get down on yourself if you ever feel unloved you ever feel I don't deserve this let me say to you do you want to know how much God look, loves you look at the cross For at that event and in that event, he was not dying for everybody. He was dying just for you, you, you. He did not die for all of us. He dies for each one of us. He doesn't love all of us. He loves each of us. Just as you love each one of your children separate and apart from the others, they get a the total 100% commitment of your love. It doesn't get divided in fractions. And if I can do that as a human being, as a human father, how much more does God, our Heavenly Father, have the capacity to love everybody individually with 100% of their love? Jesus came to show us that. Turned upside down our idea of man and of ourselves and of mankind and people around us. He also turned upside down our idea of logic, of reason. It just doesn't make sense for God to do it this way, but that's because that's His way. He did it so any of us and all of us could come, and He's come to reveal Himself in a very unexpected time, place, person. Just doesn't seem to be logical. I I hope your Christmas will not be too logical. I hope your gift giving will not be too logical. Uh, Don't just give practical gifts. Now, I know sometimes a practical gift can be very wonderful, but if you're going to give a practical gift, give a very illogical gift along with it. Now, I always do that. I've done it this year. Uh, I almost hate to let it out, but I, I, I did at the early service, so they probably told Martha what I'm giving her for Christmas. I'm giving her a logical gift, one that she wants, I think, and and needs and can use. Then I'm giving her an illogical gift. The logical gift I'm giving her is a automatic spray gun (laughs) with the bucket and the paint and everything else because she's been saying, we need to paint the house. Well, I'm going to buy the gun and the paint, and we are going to paint the house. Now, incidentally, along with that, uh, you need to know this, along with it, there comes a, a really attractive pink face guard that's covered with sequins, which she'll just love, I know. But I'm also going to give her a very illogical gift. I'm gonna give her a dozen golf balls and a new pitching wedge. You say, I didn't know Martha played golf. She doesn't. That's why it's illogical. I just hope that if she sees me enjoying that, then maybe that will sort of be contagious and she'll, she'll pick it up. No, listen, don't give your mother, your grandmother a robe and slippers. All you're doing when you do that is saying, we expect you to be sick. You're going to the hospital. You're going to the rest home. No, give the most exotic perfume you can buy. Say, we expect you to live because he came to give us life and all of those who know and love him will never die. Never die. That's right, Clifford. Never die. (laughs) A baby in a barn, who needs it? We do. We need him badly. Isn't it an amazing miracle that here we are in this room? 2,000 years ago, a baby was born in an obscure little village. After reaching adulthood, he never traveled more than 100 miles from his home. Never went to college. Never wrote a book. Never painted a picture. Never rode an automobile. Never saw television. Never talked on the telephone. And yet, this manger-born, sandal-wearing carpenter, we know has answers for us. And after 2,000 years, we're still obeying what He said to do to those who have trusted Him, to baptize them, and to preach the gospel, and to teach the gospel. And today, millions, millions, millions of people worship that baby. That baby, who did not stay a baby, he became a man, full grown, Adult, preached for two or three years, and died on a cross. Why? Because Jesus did not come primarily to live, but primarily to die. Came primarily to die, because only in his dying and resurrection can he give life to us. So I caution you about stopping your observance at the crib for the crib and the cross are both cut from the same wood Bethlehem and Golgotha are one in the mind of God and in the plan of God he came as the sinless son of God to take our sins and to change our lives. This story's been often told. I've repeated it a number of times myself, and I love hearing a good story over, and if you've heard it, hear it as though for the first time if you've not heard it, it will bless your life. Norman Vincent Peale was standing on a street corner on Christmas Eve with Fulton Ausler, then senior editor of Reader's Digest, and another businessman, It was Christmas Eve, corner of 5th Avenue and 42nd Street in Manhattan. Traffic, noise, horns hulking, shoppers, last-minute shopping, pandemonium everywhere. Fulton Asler stood there as they were waiting for the light to cross the street, and he exclaimed, what a baby, what a baby. And Dr. Peel said, What do you mean? He said, Just think. A little baby born 2,000 years ago in an obscure little village in the Middle East is causing a traffic jam in downtown New York. What a baby! And Dr. Peel said he felt like after that observation he ought to have some sort of spiritual word to say. And so he said, uh, Well, yeah, right. Uh, he did come to save the world and to change the world. And the businessman standing with him quietly said, That's true. But he did more than that, he changed me. will change you don't be afraid of letting him turn everything upside down so that all that's unnecessary ineffective will drop out of your life let me assure you that no one ever gave up anything worth having to follow Jesus never occasionally you hear someone talk about what they gave up to follow Jesus I didn't give up anything I did throw away some garbage. I did lose some trash, but I didn't give up anything. And what we receive so far exceeds anything that we leave. We never miss it. We never miss it. So don't miss him this Christmas. And in the subsequent days of a new year, that can be really new in your life and in mine. The angels gave the first invitation, you know. So we are in good company. There's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Come and see these things which have come to pass. And they went with haste to find Joseph and Mary and the baby in the manger. And the shepherds responded. Be a good shepherd today. Respond. Follow him. Trust him. Acknowledge him. Give him your love and your worship. Maybe for the first time to trust him as your Savior. Maybe to desire to be a part of this fellowship as we try to carry out the message of this man whatever church you belong to or of no church but you want to be a part of this fellowship we invite you to come there are no preconditions there are no requirements no tests no examination no reference list just you whoever you are God impresses your heart you come come now let us go to Bethany and see this thing boy this something which has come to pass don't let it pass you by let's stand and let's sing